0: So today we have the institution of the papacy in our readings. And I'm I'm always tempted. I don't know how well everyone knows the apologetics around that. And I just want to tell you, we're not going to talk about that today. But there are profound apologetics around this passage. Our first reading is the Old Testament backdrop for Jesus today making Peter the first pope. And just one key line about that. Go back and read it. It's Isaiah 22. It's one of those passages. It's easy to remember because it's Isaiah 22, 22. That's how I think of it. Um, you're like, so easy. FB. Alright. It is. It's easy. <laughs> but you just go look at it and the language that is used in Isaiah 22 is very, very similar to what Jesus uses in Matthew 16, 18. Very similar. And the key point is that the papacy here is not just a one-time thing. It's an office it's an office and that's what happens in isaiah 22 uh, there's lots of great books out there go on form.org go look up ted sheree's books on this there's tons there if i had a title for today's sermon today i was like as i prayed this week i thought today's sermon what this is about it's about becoming stones becoming stones and i want to point out one piece of our church before we dive in The church is, today, it's going to be profound for us in the readings, but our little parish church here of Our Lady of Lords, if a church is built well, it's supposed to say something to us. The building that we worship God in is supposed to speak to us. And one of the things is, uh, you can't see it because we put that plant there. Someone did that to me on purpose. Um, But uh, we have these different medallions, and if you get a chance... The medallions are very purposefully chosen. And on the pulpit, on the ambo, we have there's three medallions, one in front and one on either side. And on the front is the sacred heart. On the far side is an anchor. And on the side closest that faces me right now are the keys of Peter from today's gospel. For faith, hope, and love. And that's what's supposed to be preached from the pulpit. I don't usually preach there, you know this. But from our pulpit, right, what we're supposed to proclaim is faith, hope, and love. And today I want to talk about how God wants to grow something inside of you. But the keys, you might look at it and say, what do the keys symbolize? The keys are the symbol of faith. Today, Peter confesses our faith that we all have, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus gives him the keys of the kingdom. Okay. If you go to Israel, and like I always say, we all have to go. When you go to Israel, there are just rocks everywhere. You go to the area around Jerusalem, and there's like four living things, and there's like 80,000 giant rocks. It's it's just a very strange landscape. It's beautiful in its own way. And and even in Jerusalem, they have building codes where everything has to be made out of the limestone that's native to the uh, land right around Jerusalem. It's quite striking. Jesus loves to talk about stone and rock. And the New Testament is filled with imagery around this. And stone is something for us that naturally speaks about permanence. It speaks about permanence. When you go to, to Jerusalem, you go to the, the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall, and there's these giant stones. They're the size of one of these arches. They're ginormous. And those stones have been there something like 3,000 years. It's amazing. And you, you look at them and you say, My goodness, the prophet Isaiah saw these stones. Right, it's permanent. One more story about that. In Denver, about 100 years ago, you might not know this, Denver was one of the biggest cities in the United States in terms of its, um, the strength of the Ku Klux Klan. It was very strong in Denver, and the KKK was very anti-Catholic. Anti-many things. They were terrible. But even like one story that I always found so interesting was the priest who was the head of the Catholic newspaper he was, that guy had courage. He was, he was the real deal. He published in the paper all the names of the government officials that were part of the Klan. And there were something like eight different attempts on his life. It's like, it's dangerous to run a newspaper in Denver, I guess. But what happened was the Klan was coming after the church. And the bishop in those days, Bishop Tien, he wanted to say, the church is here and it is going to be Permanent. It's not going anywhere. And so what he did is he built a giant tower, and we call it, it's the, And there's a lounge at the base of it called the Tien Lounge for Bishop Tien. But if you go to the seminary building, there's this beautiful stone tower because the clan had said, if you keep building, we're going to burn it down. And he said, well, I'll build it out of stone because the church is here to stay. Today, what I want to challenge you with, brothers and sisters, today, God gives authority to Peter. Jesus does that. But I want to talk to you about your role in the church. Jesus is the true cornerstone. In 1 Corinthians 3, St. Paul is going to tell us that. And all over Scripture, the real foundation of the church is Jesus himself. In Matthew 21, Jesus will tell us that he is the stone rejected by the builders, but the one chosen and precious in God's sight. But Jesus is not content to just be our rock. Today, he makes Peter the rock. He says, Peter, right, Simon, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. And the church is permanent Right? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Stone speaks to permanence. It speaks to strength. And Jesus wants a church that's going to last. And he guarantees, in fact, that it's going to endure through all the assaults of the evil one. That is so cool. When we did our renovation here at Lord's. One of the things that the church wants is it wants the altar to be immovable. That altar is immovable. I forget how much it weighs, but it, like it's insane. We had to put a steel beam underneath it to support the weight, and that's supposed to speak to us. Our faith in Jesus Christ is immovable. The church's faith, the church's truth, the church's love, These things are founded on God himself, and they cannot be moved. So Jesus today shares that with Peter, but here's what I want to get to is to you. So Peter knows that he's the rock, right? And all through the Gospels, what is God doing? What he does with Peter, when two chapters ago, in chapter 14 of Matthew's Gospel, Peter sinks in the water. Right, and, and Peter, we love him so much because he's always putting his foot in his mouth. I love that, right? I love it when other people screw up. It makes me feel better about me, right? The uh, St. John Chrysostom says that if Jesus had made St. John the first pope, all of us would have despaired because he was perfect, right? But because Peter is the rock of the church, it gives us hope. But what's God doing? Jesus in the gospel, he's, he's walking with Peter, And he's saying, Peter, come with me. And Peter's getting stronger, step by step. And in one of his letters in 1 Peter, our first pope knew that what happened to him in today's gospel on a certain level has to become true for all of us. So here's what St. Peter says in 1 Peter 2. He says, come to him, to Jesus, Come to him, that living stone, rejected by men, but in God's sight, chosen and precious. That's the same line that Jesus uses in Matthew 21. Christ is the living stone. But Peter goes on and he says, And like living stones... Be yourselves built into a spiritual house. Hang on, we're going to come back to this. But he says, you, Jesus is a living stone, but you have to become a living stone to be built into a spiritual house. In other words, a temple. So Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. Peter Christ makes Peter the rock, but he wants to do the same with you. Come to him that living stone rejected by men, but in God's sight chosen and precious. And like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I want everybody to go home this week and you should pray this week. Open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2 and ask yourself how is God trying to make me a living stone? And what does that mean? Stone speaks of permanence, right? When we made this altar so heavy, what I didn't want, I don't want some chump priest to come in in 50 years and say, oh, you know, I don't really like the altar being at the center and does something crazy. That thing is not going anywhere, right? These walls might fall down someday, but that that altar will still be there. Brothers and sisters, a much greater work of God's providence is when he does that with people. The world, the world is always going to rage against the church. And if you don't see this, wake up. It's coming. It's already here. But the storm is going to rage against the church. And we need living stones in our church. We need living stones. In my own life, I know there are people, when I was wavering in my faith, and I said, Lord, everyone seems to be against this. And Lord, I'm scared to stand up against the storm. And there are people in my life who are living stones. And they said, I know that if I stand for mirrors between one man and one woman, The storm's going to rage against me. But they were living stones. Archbishop Shapu, who I am so honored to have been ordained by, he stood up against everything unpopular in the gospel. I said that wrong. He stood for everything in the gospel that is unpopular. And I watched him as I was studying for priesthood as the weight of the world, and I watched him literally shrink. But he was a rock. And he stood on Christ and he was a living stone. You right now, right, we all know this. If you stand up for marriage between one man and one woman, if you stand up for the teachings of Jesus Christ about the dignity of every single life, the storm will rage against you. But you don't have to fear, because you are built on rock. And we need that right now. We need that right now. G.K. Chesterton has this great line. He always has the best lines. And he says, in every age, the world loses its mind. The trick is not to lose ours. The Church of Jesus Christ, right, Jesus promises today the Catholic Church will endure forever. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When you look at our church, when you come to Mass here, right, when you see all the bricks, one of the prayers I always have in the beautiful stone in our altar, some of you are going to be like that marble behind the crucifix. Right, some of you are going to be gorgeous, radiant stones in the house of God. Some of you might be like, I always forget the name of these brackets, right? You're going to be strong and you're going to uphold things. And sometimes when I come in the church, my prayer is, Jesus, Lord, will you strengthen me? And it's enough for me if I can just be one of those bricks. Can I just be one of those bricks somewhere in your church? Little corner hidden away but strong, immovable, standing in my place in the one church of Jesus Christ. Lord, strengthen us today to be living stones. Lord, may we stand against the onslaughts of the devil and of the world. May we stand confident, Jesus, knowing that you build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it.